You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here today. It is so good to see you. Uh, Thank you for the kind introduction. I appreciate that. Um, For those of you who I haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Cecia Aquino. Um, I joined the church almost two years ago, um, and I have been part of the Reality family for a while, since 2009, from Reality LA to Reality Boston, uh, to now being here. It has been um, a blessing to be part of this church, um, and Reality has played a very strong role in helping just mature my faith and helping me grow uh, with my relationship with God. So it is such a blessing to be up here today. Uh, like Pastor Riz mentioned, we are on the second to last message in the series of James. And I don't know about you, but it has been such an open heart surgery process for me, right? Every Sunday, conviction and growth. And, you know, I want to praise God that he is so intentionally pursuing each of us in this series and helping us grow. Before this um, series started, um, I actually texted Pastor Riz and I said, Pastor Riz, I just feel this confirmation that God is doing something big through this series. And at the time I thought, you know, this is confirmation for the church. Little did I know that God was using this season and this series to really grow me. And as I was prepping for today, you know, I was talking to my family and something my mom mentioned. She said, make sure you're paying attention to the message as you're putting it together, because usually the people that need to hear this message the most are the people who are preaching it. And, you know, boy, was she right. As I was putting this together, it was such a, a way that God was really working and growing me and connecting the dots for me, right? I think many times we go through life, uh, we go through different experiences, and if we don't take the time to bring those to God and really process that with him, uh, we can miss the point. So before we get started today, uh, please join me in prayer. Let's put um, all of today in God's hands. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, that you are so, so good. Thank you for being our Father, our best friend, our anchor, Lord. Thank you for so intentionally pursuing each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you that we are chosen, Lord, by you, that you love us, that you remind us of that love, that you're an active God who speaks through us, who speaks to us on a daily basis, Lord. I pray that everything today be guided by you, Lord. Will you please touch our hearts, our minds? Will you be the one to speak today, Lord? Will you use me as your vessel to speak your words and whatever you uh, want to speak to the church, Lord? We love you, and we put all of this in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let us get started by reading. So if you'll join me in opening up your Bibles to James 5, 7 through 12, and I'll read it for us. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, 
until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. That is the word of God for us today. So what is the word telling us? What is the scripture telling us today? He talks about being patient, right? And the season of waiting, waiting for this crop to come, waiting for the rains, right? And let's be honest, seasons of waiting are not so much fun, right? They can be very hard, they can be frustrating, and even painful. And we must acknowledge that every season is waiting. Every season is different. Some waiting is simply not ideal. It doesn't match our timeline, right? Other waiting can be painful. Maybe we're waiting for a loved one to come to Christ, right? And we've been praying for years. Or maybe one of our loved ones is sick. Or we ourselves are suffering from some sort of physical or emotional pain. Every season is different. But... What do we do with this, right? We know, and, and God is teaching us through his word, that there is the season of waiting. What do we do while we are in the seasons? I want to encourage you today, church, that there is purpose in the waiting. That God is so intentional, and he's such a good father, that he, he uses these difficult seasons to draw us closer to him. And may I encourage you to trust that part of that may be to refine you in the waiting. Refine your faith, refine your character, refine your relationship with God in the waiting. And it begs the question, how do we wait? How do we do this, right? And I strongly believe that James here is laying out very clear steps on how to wait well. Let's start by thinking about refinement. What does it mean to be refined? Refinement is defined as the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements. Isaiah 48.10 says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. When I read this verse, I didn't actually know how silver is refined, right? It's a nice metal, we use it, that's about all I knew. But I started looking into the process and silver is actually refined in a surface, in a furnace. You need intense heat to be able to bring to the top the impurities that the metal contains. And at that moment, you have to take that away and the metal becomes more pure than it was before going through that process. 
Oftentimes, that process is completed multiple times to make sure that the silver gets to a level um, that is fully pure. The word of God is clear here. He refines us not through a physical fire, but through the furnace of suffering. And that caused a very painful visual, right? To, if you think about it, even when we burn our finger while cooking or maybe ironing, it hurts, right? And to think about our whole being going through a furnace, that is a tough image. And what might these impurities be that he's refining us of? These may be lies of the world that we've chosen to believe. It may be trauma that we experience throughout our life, right? Pain that we've experienced and haven't had the chance to process. It may be sin that we're holding on to and that we haven't been able to shake. Anything that distracts us from our full purpose and our full being in Christ can be this impurity. And God wants to purify us to the point that we can be so connected to him the way that he designed us to live in full communion with him, right? We have his Holy Spirit in us. He acts through us. He speaks to us. He's such an active, loving God, and he wants us to live in that freedom. And when we're not able to leave behind these impurities, it it really limits the way that we can experience God. So, in these painful seasons of waiting, um, I urge you to remember God's character because I think a season of, a season of waiting can very much bring doubt and fear to our minds, right? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? But often, in the Bible, God reminds us that he is with us. Isaiah 43, one through four reads, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I mean, how, much, how beautiful is that? That God is clearly telling us that even if we're being purified through that furnace and we are in that fire, he is with us through the fire and he will not allow the flames to burn us or consume us. He is with us and he tells us that he loves us. So now that we know that God uses seasons of waiting for our refinement, let's dig a little, a little deeper. James here tells us how we can hold on to him during that process. And I have broken down um, a couple of different steps that I'll walk us through. There's about five different steps. And we'll start with the first one. Step one, surrender. Acknowledge you are not in control. God is. Verse seven and eight here tell us to be patient right? It talks about the farmer. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, 
It talks about patience and waiting for the rain, right? Until, the, in, until we receive the early and the late rains. You also be patient, right? And I like, um, on the screen, you might see, um, I added a me the message translation. I actually grew up in a very strict uh, church, and so even to use the message translation as a Bible you know, study or you know, uh, just to dig a little deeper into the meaning of, a, of the message feels a little rebellious, uh, but I really liked the translation here that uses waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. And that word maturity really stood out to me, right? How do we mature in our faith, right? We talked about that refinement purpose. How do we go from being that child with childlike faith to that maturity, right? In being used by God and living in his plan for us. And the two images that we have here, right? The farmer waiting for the crop and the rain. For both of those images, the farmer has zero control over it, right? He doesn't control how that seed germinates, right? He doesn't control how quickly the crop can grow. He doesn't control how quickly the fruit will come. If any of you have fruit trees, sometimes, right, the fruit comes, sometimes it doesn't. And it's the process of waiting. The rain as well, right? We can wish with all our might that the rain comes faster, that it comes today, but you cannot wish the rain to come any faster than it's meant to be. It'll come at the perfect time. And here we are reminded that God is in control. He's in control of that development in our hearts, right? Of that growth. We are that seed, right? That he is growing. When a seed is growing underneath the surface um, of the earth still, you can't see the growth, right? You hope that it is, but you can't see it yet. And little by little, you'll, you'll start seeing that growth come out, eventually turning into a plant. And if it's a fruit tree, then, you know, hopefully you'll see some fruit. But in the same way, sometimes we can't fully see how our growth is happening while we're in these seasons, right? where many times, especially if it's a season of waiting, we're holding on to Christ and asking him for help, uh, but only in retrospect, um, or if we're actively processing with God, we can see how that season grew us. And so um, this verse here reminds us he's in control, his timing is perfect and unique, and each of our situations is unique, just the way each of the different seeds might be different, right? Some might grow to be a flower, others might grow to be, you know, an oak tree, whatever it is, each of our situations is different, and each of our situations takes a different amount of time. But he is acting in the season even if we don't see it. All right. Step two, shift your perspective. Establish your heart in Christ, his character, and his promises. The second part of verse 8 here tells us why we are to be patient. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. 
This shift of perspective and this reminder really helps us to see the purpose of our life, of why we're even in this race, right? Sometimes we get caught up in the culture and we're working and you know doing our thing day to day, but the purpose of why we're here is to serve God, and we are waiting for his second coming. You know, that is why we are running this race in the first place. And being able to shift our perspective from the day-to-day to the eternal, it gives us the strength to keep running the race. Hebrews 9.28 tells us, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So in this season of waiting, I encourage you, especially in the tough moments, to really shift your perspective to God and establish your heart in him, his character, and his promises, right? He is a good father. Step three, in the middle of the chaos, seek God. So um, verse nine here tells us, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that, you may, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. What does it mean to, to grumble, right? To complain, to compare, to be angry, annoyed, bad-tempered. When waiting, we tend to ask why, right? Why them and not me? It sets up this dynamic sometimes, right, when we're comparing ourselves Um, You're either reading them as more, yourself as less. We can even blame ourselves, right? Oh, it's because they're more holy than me, or they're doing more at the church than me, and that's why it's happening for them and not for me. But we must be reminded that only God knows why each of us are in a different season. We're reminded here that he is a judge of judges. So if we're judging for the good or the bad, right, We need to leave that up to God. In Psalm 37, 1, 9, we read, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Instead, and this is just a summary, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So we are reminded that in the middle of the chaos, you know, the questions, the wondering, the desire for that change to come, the desire for whatever it is that we're waiting for to happen already, in that within that chaos, within that storm, to grab on to Christ. And you know, we're all human, we're all broken, and all of us will undoubtedly go into these thinking threads sometimes, right? And that's okay. God reminds us over and over again of his grace and his love for us. So he understands our frail state, right? But the trick here is to really bring it back to God and ask him for help in the middle of the chaos. I really like that um, worship song, Grace Like Rain, right? And whenever I sing it, I think, 
you know, before this um, series, I used to think about a very light rain, right? Something in the sun, something that feels nice. Uh, oh, how beautiful, Grace. But the other day, I was stuck on the poly, and it was torrential rain. I couldn't see in front of me, right? There was, I couldn't even see the car that was right in front of me. It was pouring rain. And as I was driving slowly, you know, trying to be safe, I was reminded this is the type of grace that God has for us. It is so powerful, so strong, and he's there at the right time. So, um, let's, let's read verse 12 here. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. This is another part of the chaos, right? That double-mindedness, that um, desire to focus on something else, right? Ooh, maybe if I network my way into the position that I want for my job. Oh, maybe if I do this, it'll get me to point X and then eventually to point Z, right? No, we are not to shift our mindset from Christ, right? And we are not to go back on our word. We have to be certain to trust God. When we swear, right? Swearing places that person or thing over you with authority, be it heaven, earth, your mom's life, and they don't have that authority. Only God does. Our confidence comes from his perfect and good authority. Um, there, I have a dear friend um, from back home. Um, we met in college. Uh, her name was Jenny Yang. And she had a condition where her genes couldn't prevent cancer from happening in her body. So throughout her life, she had an immense amount of different cancers. And it was heartbreaking to see the way that she would go through this process over and over. But every time, this girl had so much joy. She was the most joyful person I have ever met. And every time she would come back from a treatment, she would tell us a story, right? She was out a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then she would get back and just tell us about the miracles that God was working through her and her situation. And there was always someone on her medical team who was saved through her story and her testimony. And the way that she shared this with joy, right? It was so beautiful. So as hard as it may be, ask yourself, what is God doing through this season? How is God using my season to speak to others or prepping me in such a way that I can share the story in the future and encourage others going through a very similar situation? We are also to be certain. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. How many of us in a season of waiting get clear word from God, right, that we are not to go a certain way? But because we're tired, we're grumpy, annoyed, or just fr frustrated uh, from the waiting, that we go, well, was that a clear no from God, or was it a maybe, you know? Did I hear God correctly? No, God is clearly warning us here 
that because he knows our frail nature and that many times we get confused or distracted by the world, he doesn't want our doubt and insecurity during that season of waiting to guide us to sin or condemnation. And at this point, as I was prepping my notes for the sermon today, I had a very specific um, story to share with you. Um, You know, just growing up as an immigrant in this country and many seasons of waiting. But last Sunday, as I was working on the sermon, God was just really nudging my heart um, to share a different story. And, you know, when, when I first heard this, I was like, God, are you sure? Because this other story works really well, and I feel comfortable with this, and this other one's a lot more vulnerable. So are we sure this is the way we want to go? And God said, yes, trust me in this. So today I want to share with you the way that God has been uh, really using this series to heal me um, and to transform me. So, uh, the week before we started James, your girl went on a date, and it was a ton of fun, right? But one of the first questions that I asked uh, this gentleman was, well, tell me about your relationship with God. Tell me about, you know, how, how you pursue Christ. And this was a Christian man, right? Uh, Well, lo and behold, he did not have a relationship with God. He was not interested in pursuing Christ. And I tried, right? I was like, well, do you mean that you don't go to church physically, but maybe you're virtually tapping into your church? No. Okay. Do you mean you don't pray, like, kneeling down, but maybe you talk to God all day long? Nope. So, you know, over and over, it was confirmation that this wasn't the godly man that I'm waiting for, right? Um, And so I went went home that day, you know, like, disappointed, of course, um, and just talking to God, but very clear that this was not to continue, that I was not going to keep seeing this person. Uh, But then when I get home, um, I get a text asking for a second date, right? And this is when all the questions start coming. Well, what if God is doing something through this? What if he's interested in, in learning about God and, you know, maybe there's a connection there? And I'm very blessed that God used the daily intentional decisions that I've been making to build a community to really speak into my life through that. It wasn't an easy decision to say no. You know, there was a connection with this person, but God calls us to be equally yoked. He calls us to always point one another to Christ, right? And if the person that's closest to us is not able to point us to Christ, there's something missing. Is it a sin? Probably not, right? But are we doing everything that in our power to pursue Christ and to be constantly pointing to God. So I ran to God for help. And dating for me has always been um, a touchy subject. Um, You know, waiting on God to provide that godly man. There has been times when in the waiting, in the chaos, I ask God, does this person even exist? Am I even meant to be married, right? 
all those questions come. But this was the first time that I ran to God with those questions. In the past, many times, I would just bottle up those questions. I would feel ashamed um, or sad that I would even think these things because I felt like I wasn't trusting God, right? And so it was really easy to push it down or to not address it or just put a Band-Aid over it, right? Oh, God will provide, God will provide, right? But it wasn't until I got on my knees, I was crying, asking God for guidance, asking God for help, that God met me where I was. And the first step in all of these processes, so it was the first, um, the first lecture on James, and Pastor Riss was preaching on James 1, and James 1, 6 really touched my heart that day. And it talks about being in this tumultuous time, like being tossed around by a wave, right? And that's exactly how I felt at that moment. And I came to God and I said, oh, Jesus, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel like I'm being tossed around in the ocean, right? I want to feel that peace. And I remember I teared up during, during the sermon that day, and I had a lovely group of friends who was able to comfort me, who were able to pray for me, and who then pursued me in the, in the following week with everything from text, right, from sending me scripture, reminded me of my worth in Christ, reminding me of who God is, right? And I can't tell you what a blessing that was because I wasn't in this alone. And in past, um, past experiences, I have tried to go at it alone, but I think God was really teaching me that we're not meant to do life alone, right? We're meant to bear our souls to one another. It says, confess your sins to one another for healing. And I think 100% God was using my beautiful Ohana group, my community, my friends to speak into my life. And the other piece I will say, and this is more of my academic side, I am a huge um, advocate for mental health, and I would highly recommend therapy. Uh, but something that I have been working on and you know, learning more about is attachment theory. And what attachment theory tells us at the core is how that initial relationship with our parents now impacts every relationship that we're in, be it romantic, be it our friendships, relationships at work, whatever it is. We have this set pattern by which we um, observe relationships with others. And if you haven't yet, um, take a look at the book, How We Love, um, by Yurkovich. It's a great way of seeing a practical application of that attachment theory. So I was able to go into that and acknowledge how my attachment style was affecting the way that I was approaching um, the situation, right? Why was I self-doubting? Self or why was I you know, second-guessing my decision to not speak to this uh, person? And I would highly recommend that you look um, at that as a way to continue healing, and God is able to use those uh, tools from the world, right, to grow us as well. 
So, all this to say, hold on to Christ for dear life when you're going through those seasons of chaos, right? And build in these daily practices that will draw you closer to God so that when that confusion comes, you can run to your community group, you can run to your friends, you can run straight to Christ for that help. Now, in step four and five, um, I want to talk about remaining steadfast, so being obedient to what God has called us in the waiting, and then keeping the faith, staying hopeful, right? I would like to remind us that a season of waiting precedes a season of growth and ultimately a season of fruit. So this is just part of that growth, and we are getting there, right? So if today you are at a place where you're hurting, you're frustrated, God reminds us to look at the examples given in the Bible, right? He talks about the prophets and their obedience, right? What was the job of the prophets? It was to share God's word, many times in unfavorable circumstances, right? Many were killed, stoned to death, sought in two. Uh, we're reminded of Job as an example, right? Job lost everything, and God meets him with his questions, with his pain, and is able to multiply his blessings because Job came to him. And so we are reminded um, that we are again and again to come to God, to keep the faith, and to stay hopeful. Now, I want to leave us with some practical steps. It's really easy to cope by watching Netflix. You know, it's those mini moments of decision. I don't know if, if you're with me here, but when you know you should read the Bible, but the show looks really great and it'll distract you from the stress of the day, right? So should I read my Bible or should I watch Love is Blind, right? And it is in those many instances that we are to come to God. And I have been practicing a lot more of that, and I can tell you that it makes a difference when we choose God first. So I know all of you know these different practices, but just want to remind you in it. Praying, make sure that you're talking to God throughout your day. It doesn't have to be super formal, right? We can be driving, talking to God. Be in community, join an Ohana group, be known, get to know people. You never know how God wants to use you in their life as well. Fast, a couple of series ago we talked about fasting and that discipline is a beautiful way to really spend time with God and learn to listen to his voice. Read the word daily, right? Listen to worship music. You know, normal music is fun, but it doesn't center us in Christ. So especially in those moments where you're struggling, really come to uh, worship music as a way of connecting with God. Um, listen to sermons, right? We have so much access nowadays, right? Listen to sermons during the week. Come to church, right? That's why we are all here, to grow together. Listen to him. He is speaking to us. Preach to yourself. Remind yourself of the character of God and who you are in Christ. So, for today, let me close with just a couple of verses that hopefully encourage us. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than yours. Psalm 107. I would recommend the whole psalm, but it's long, so I will choose one small verse here. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them for, from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Psalm 34, 4-6. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. Over and over, God is reminding us that he is with us. He's refining us in a season of waiting. So let me pray for us. We'll have the worship team join us up here. And there are multiple ways to really connect with God in this moment, right? There's carpets up here. You can come and pray. The prayer team will be in the back. We have communion on the side of the auditorium. Let's really connect with God. Let's ask God how he's using us, how he's growing us, how he's refining us in this moment. And let me just close with a quick prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, that you are so good. Thank you that you see us, you meet us where we're at, and you're so patient, Lord, with us. We love you. We ask that you continue to heal and grow us and refine us. In Jesus' name, amen.